0: Thank you, Pastor Steve. <laughs> yeah, you're right, that's right. Uh, he almost, when he walked in this morning, I thought, who is that guy? <laughs> Doesn't he look good? Yeah, he, he makes. he looks a little older. <laughs> I was going to cut my beard and my daughter said, no, leave it, leave it, so... Uh, My wife says cut it, my daughter says leave it and see who won. Uh, First of all, I want to say thank you, Hillcrest, for uh, the prayers that you were praying. So many were praying for me when I had a little accident. And uh, The one good thing that came out of that was when they did the scan, they told me I had a brain bleed, and I said, well, at least it proves I have a brain. Uh, And uh, I thank you so much for your prayers. Uh, The Lord has been good and is giving me back uh, strength and uh, and just causing my facilities to begin to work again. I'm having a little problem with memory every now and again. Um, Rod Barks was just up here, and the other day Rod and I were on a Skype call with Ken Parker, who has also had a a concussion and having a little problem with memory and. Rod says, well, if you guys on this, on this meeting, I just can tell you, we already had the meeting. <laughs> we don't have to do anything. <laughs> you won't even remember it. This is the last Sunday of the Advent Sundays, and I'm just going to share some things about Mary. But let's just read this scripture. So if you want to pick up, if you want to turn, we're going to go to Luke chapter 1, verses 27 to 56. If you want to do it in the Pew Bible, you start on page 830. If you're here visiting us and you don't have a Bible, that's your Christmas present. You can take that one home. Okay? That's what it's there for. Excuse me. Luke 1, 26. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee As you have said, then the angel left her. Verse 39. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zachariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And in a loud voice she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord, what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. And Mary said, my soul glorifies the Lord. And my spirit rejoices in, the God my, in God my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. "'His mercy extends to those who fear Him "'from generation to generation. "'He has performed mighty deeds with His arm. "'He has scattered those who are proud "'in their innermost thoughts. "'He has brought down rulers from their thrones. "'He has lifted up the humble. "'He has filled the hungry with good things, "'but has sent the rich away empty. "'He has helped His servant Israel, "'remembering to be merciful.'" To Abraham and his descendants forever, even as he said to our fathers. And verse 56, Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. I want to focus in on Mary today, but I want to give you a little bit of background information about this. Um, In the Old Testament, God would speak. To people, through prophets, uh, men of God who would stand up and and uh, and and say, "This is what God has been saying." Uh, I've been reading the prophet Jeremiah, and there were false prophets. There were prophets that were standing up, and in those days, there was uh, uh, Babylon. Babylon was attacking Jerusalem, and prophets were saying, "We're going to win." And Jeremiah was saying, "Get ready! You're going as captives. This is all being knocked down." And and But God spoke through prophets for all years and years and years. And then for 400 years, God didn't say a word. Just think about that. 400 years, they went through their traditions. They went through their sacrifices. There was nothing. There were no words from God. There were no prophets. There was no prophecy. There was nothing. And then as Pastor Chris talked about a few weeks ago. Here's this old man doing his duties in the temple, burning incense, and there is an angel, and after 400 years, God begins to speak. No wonder Zachariah was filled with fear and doubt. <laughs> this hadn't happened. Wow! Wow! And of course, you remember, he went out there unable to speak and uh, it wasn't until uh, his baby John was born and he wrote the name, his name shall be John and then he began to speak again. And they said all of this was scattered out. The people in the hill country all were hearing about these things that were happening. Why? Because it hadn't happened for 400 years. Now God had spoken. And then six months later, this angel... Shows up in this teenager with this teenage girl and speaks to her. Now, I'm going to just hope this doesn't destroy your thoughts about angels, but I don't think he had wings. I think he was just a man who came there and it was an angelic being. Uh, uh, angels don't, in the Bible, angels, the the seraphims maybe had wings and that, but most of the angels that just showed up looked like men. And I don't know how she knew it, but this angel said to her, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you, and she's kind of saying, "Well, oh, what, what kind of greeting is this? What, what, what is this?" And uh, and then the angel begins to say, "Don't be afraid, Mary. you found favor with God, and you're going to have a child, and He's going to do this and this and this." And she didn't even hear what He was going to do because she was thinking, "How can I have a child? I have never even." had an intimate relationship with any man. I have never had sex with anybody, and I'm a virgin, and how can all of this happen? <laughs> I guess she did hear the first part because I think she claimed that, it, that you're going to have this child. He's, gonna, he's going to be uh, a great. He's going to be the most high and all of that. But her big problem was, I can't figure out how this is going to happen. You know, God does speak to us. I think he might have said some things to you that you said how is that ever going to happen? What what what's going on here? He wants to talk to you, you know that? I'll talk more about that in a minute, but here she is. And the angel says, "Hey, this is God we're dealing with. He can do anything he wants." And then he gives him that gives her that little bit of a uh check this out type of thing. And he says, you know, your cousin Elizabeth, the one they called Baron, could never have children. She's in her six months, so with God, nothing's impossible. And she's going, Wow, Elizabeth is pregnant. I, she, oh, ah, who, ah, and she, all of this. So what does she do? She goes to check it out. Now, it wasn't just to walk down uh, the block and around the corner to check this out. Elizabeth lived almost 100 kilometers away. It was a three-day hike. If you had to walk 100 kilometers, it would probably be longer than three days. But uh, they walked a lot in those days. And she immediately headed off to check it out. Hearing God. There's so many things about God wanting to speak to us Today. Have you heard him? Has he spoken things into your life? Have you checked it out? The first place you should check it out today is go to your Bible. Does this line up with what the Bible says? Or as you're reading the Bible and his words come off and get into your heart, then you need to do something about it. You need to follow through. And that's what she did. She said, oh, hey, I'm going to go and check this out. I'm going to go, this 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 angel came or this and, and told me all of this, but i got to find out if it's really true that Elizabeth is pregnant, so she heads off to Elizabeth's house. I love this part. I love this part. She, she comes to Elizabeth's house. She hasn't even got in. She's just calling out, Elizabeth, are you home? And Elizabeth hears it, and John the Baptist starts to have a joy go, jumping around in her womb and praising God and all excited. And, going, ho, ho. and then she gets filled with the Spirit of the Lord, and she starts to holler out. And what does she holler out? Prophecy. She didn't know. Uh, she, she didn't know, no one had told her that Mary was pregnant and it was only a short time after it happened so she wouldn't even been showing her anything and she, it says when she came in she heard her voice so she hadn't even seen her and she says in a loud voice she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women and blessed is a child you will bear. Wow! I'm going to stop here for just a minute and refer to something that Pastor Dave spoke about um, couple Sundays ago, the we do not believe in the Immaculate Conception, and that is the idea that Mary's mother, when Mary was in her mother's womb, she was sinless. There's no there's no Bible, Bible proof of that. There's, there's nothing in the scripture that talks about that. That's something that man has made up. But that has caused some people to move it to Mary being Away above all the rest of the women, and actually, I see in a newer version, they've said they've they've translated this um, that Elizabeth said, "Blessed are you above women." No, she said, "Among women, Mary was just as human as you and I. She skinned her knees, she bumped her head, she did she did things, uh, she forgot things, she she probably got upset, and things. she was." Human, She was not, because as soon as you start moving her into sinlessness, then you, you get into all of uh, uh, a whole thing about, is she more important than her son Jesus and all the rest of it? No, she was just a young girl. But the Holy Spirit had a plan for her. And he spoke into her life, this is what's going to happen. Just as you and I are very, very human and can hear his voice today, He wants to deal in our lives. So carrying on here, Elizabeth, she's so excited. She says, oh, the child that's in my womb, she was six months pregnant, and this baby was just jumping around there. And then here's the key verse today. Blessed is she who has believed what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. That's why I've talked about pursuing the promise she had believed, she had said, yes. Because after the angel said, this is what's going to happen to you, Mary said, okay. <laughs> May it be to me as you've said, I'm in. I'm in. When the angel had shared, this is all going to happen. Okay, I'm in. Now there are times, sometimes when we've heard, some of you have heard things from the Lord and you've gotten so excited and then you expect them all to come out just wonderfully. It's all going to work out like this and this and this, and all of this is going to happen. I think that might have happened with Mary. She spent three months with Elizabeth, and I imagine they talked, and I imagine uh, uh, they they went over everything that had to do with Zachariah and the angel there, and they talked all about the angel talking to Mary and 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 this pregnancy and all the rest of it. And it must have been just. Yeah, probably just a, a wonderful time, these two ladies comparing and thinking and imagining how this is going to come about. He's going to be mighty. He's going to lead our people. He's going to be the king. He's going to be the king of kings. He's going to be, and, and all of the imaginations that probably went through their minds and that they talked back and forth. But we come down to that last verse that I read where it talks about she stayed with Elizabeth for three months. And then she returned home. Sometimes when we hear God's voice and he speaks things into our life, we're going to have to walk in that. We don't understand all of the things. In Bart's letter today, he doesn't understand the road that he's walking right now. But he knows the Lord is there. That's what we have to hang on to. We have to pursue the promise of what he's given, what he's put into us, his salvation, his love for us. That It's always going to be there. Mary went home. Okay, I don't know if you thought of this, but she's engaged to Joseph. She's been in the hill country for three months, and she comes home to explain to him She's going to have a baby. And here's Joseph saying, What happened in the hill country? Well, I know that her and I haven't, and what's going on? And it's interesting because it says that he was a, a, a very humble man of God who, who didn't want to hurt her. He decided he was going to divorce her, and then he has a dream. And in the dream, the angel says, "Don't worry about it. This is okay. This is God. You take her and and so he, oh, all of a sudden, Elizabeth and Zachariah know about it. Mary knows that this is of God, and now Joseph knows it's of God. But I want to tell you this: Do you think the neighbors believed it was of God? And she was in a village, a small village. They'd go to get water. Like the woman at the well, they would go and the ladies would all talk. <clears throat> Don't know what happened, but she was gone for three months and look at how she came back. Mm-hmm. I bet you she took off and went for all those three months because her and Joseph, before she left, you know, well, it must have gone. And then <clears throat> she was embarrassed. And now, now, you know, who knows what they started to gossip about her? See, sometimes... God speaks things into our lives and they don't just all come about the way we expect them to come about. He has a plan and he's working it out. She had this vision of all these wonderful things happening and all of these things and she now she has to face the day-to-day reality. Be careful. We can imagine that God has just got to do this and this and this, like this and this and this. But he has a plan and he has a timing. In this case, um, we see Mary, she faced it. She was probably despised because of it or people lessened who she was. Yeah, you know, she had that, she had that, older one there, you know. uh, You know, she's just kind of second class. See, we know Mary, and Mary is, wow, here's a young gal who trusted God, and God did great things, because we know the end, but those who were living it didn't, and they were, and it caused, I think, Mary, uncertainty. I'm going to share a little, a little part here. Kind of shows that in some of Scripture, but it also shows that when God speaks something, you have to hang on to it. You have to hang on to the things that He's put in your heart, and so you can see that on the night of Jesus' birth, when the shepherds showed up and they said there was a great light, and these angels came and told us to come, all of a sudden Mary, okay, yes. Yes, that wasn't just an imagination that I had, and all of this. And I'm, I'm in, and, 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 uh, and then the, the wise men came later on, and there's another, and then good things, excitement. And then she has to flee to Egypt, and these things back and forth, back and forth. But I like that verse where it says, And Mary pondered all these things in her heart. See, she had the promise. She had God speaking this into her, into her heart and into her life and, and yet there was doubts in between. There was hard times in between. And then there would be another and so she would go back and she'd think it over and think it over. Sometimes you need to just sit and ponder things. Sometimes I just sit and I go back and go over the different things that have happened in my life and ponder them and I praise Him. I praise him sometimes for the things that he's done in my life to the point that I cry and say, oh, thank you, Lord. In a minute, I'm going to tell you a story that happened a long time ago in my life of how he fulfilled his promise. But sometimes when we're going through those dark days, those dark days, it's hard. One of the little glimpses we have of some of the things that Mary probably suffered is when Jesus is 30 years old and she's probably, well, let's say she's maybe 46, seven, eight, something like that. And on in John chapter 2, the very beginning says they're invited to a wedding, the wedding in Cana of Galilee. And Jesus and his disciples and Mary, his mother, they all go to this wedding. And As the wedding's going on, they run out of wine. And Mary goes to Jesus and says, they ran out of wine. And I always, growing up when I read this, I always wondered, how could Jesus be so nasty to his mother? Because he says to her, what do I have to do with you? It isn't my time. (laughs) And I always thought, why did he say that? uh, Wasn't that, that wasn't very nice. (laughs) But you know what? if we read between the lines and the way it turned out you understand that there was Jesus there was something going on between Mary and Jesus at that moment and i think it went this way i think when mary said they have no wine she gave him a look mothers can give that type of look can't they all kinds of looks right My mother used to play the piano. My dad would be sitting up on the platform. I'd be down there playing around and my mother only had to give me one look. And it wasn't just a glance. It was a whole sentence. Sometimes it was a whole paragraph. And that one look. Smarten up. Or when you get home, you're getting it. Or if you don't behave, you're going to... Yeah, and (laughs) she... Just with her eyesight and look. She could correct me. She could lead me with her eyes. But I think in this case... Mary was looking at him and said, they have no wine. And in her look, she was saying, oh Jesus, I know who you are. You know who you are. Do a miracle here so that everybody, everybody will know that I am not that woman who had went off to the hill country and came back pregnant by somebody else and, 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 and let them know who you are and I will be justified. Because who was at that Who was there at the wedding? Probably all the relatives, right? All the family members, all those people who gossiped about her, all those people who had, and here she's saying, do something, do something. And you say, well, Doug, how do you fit that in there? Well, look at what happened. She says, they don't have any wine. And he looks at her and he says, I can't do anything about this right now. It's not my time. It's not the right time. I can't answer that. And then she says to the servants, do whatever he tells you to do. And Jesus looks around and he sees these big pots where they have pure water for purification. And he says to the servants, fill them up. They fill them up. He says, take it to the governor of the feast. And they pull out wine. And they take it to the governor. The interesting thing there is it says, Nobody knew where that wine came from. Only those servants, and they weren't telling. Hey! And the governor of the wine, at uh, the governor of the of of the wedding, takes the wine and he says he starts to congratulate the bridegroom. He says, "Man, usually they give the good stuff first, and then when everybody's a little bit, and then they then they pull out the garbage and and the wine isn't any good. You saved the good to the last, and he got all the praise." Jesus didn't get the praise. Mary didn't get justified. But Jesus did the miracle. So I think that's a little glance into something that Mary longed for. And longed for. But you know, it kind of went from bad to worse. Because the next thing we see uh, uh, about about Mary is, or, or a little later on, we see Mary is there at the foot of the cross. And here is his son. And that promise... That, that he was going to be this king of kings, this, this, and now he is being crucified with thieves and murderers. And as he's hanging on the cross, he gives his mother to John. He says, John, here's your mother, and your, and, and mother, here's your, your son now. And, and it seems like it ends But you know, if you pursue the promise, there's something real good that comes. (laughs) And here, this fall, we've been studying the book of Acts, right? In the first chapter of Acts, it tells about Jesus going back to heaven, and they all gather in the upper room, and who's there? One of the names is Mary, the mother of Jesus. Mary's with the disciples in the upper room. Mary's there on the day of Pentecost. Mary's there when the Holy Spirit is is poured out. Mary's there to see thousands of people come to worship her son, the Lord Jesus, in a very, very short time. And there's Mary rejoicing for the fulfillment. Even though I don't think she understood when when she got the first message, when, when God spoke through that angel. I don't think she saw all of that. It probably wasn't until later and later and later and later. So many times... When God speaks something into your life, it might not be for now. It might be for later. But you have to be like Mary and believe and say, yes, Lord, you said that. I'm going to walk with you. I'm, gonna trust you. I, I, I'm going to trust uh, you. I'm i going to... I want to walk in that. This week, my son texted me. And a little text, and he says, hey, have you listened to this recently? And he gave me a link to... Um, uh, a YouTube musical uh, album that we—it was actually done back in 1983 by the Continental Singers. Some of you older ones might remember this, and it was called "The Dreamer." Any of you remember that one? You're not old enough. <laughs> Only my daughter remembers it. <laughs> That's—she's pretty old. <laughs> It was called The Dreamer. And uh, I clicked on it and I started listening to it. If you want to listen to it, uh, just go to YouTube and put Continental Singers Dreamer. And it was uh, a musical. And back in those days, in uh, I think it was the spring of 1984, our, our high school had put it on, uh, had done The Dreamer. So we got a tape uh, of The Dreamer. So this week I'm sitting there and I'm listening to this and all of a sudden it took me back to 1984. And then it took me back to what was happening in 1984 because we had to do a road trip from Guatemala across Mexico, across the states, into Canada, and we had this tape. And my kids loved it. And we played it over and over and over and over again. (laughs) Every day as we were traveling along, we played it two or three times. And it was about an hour long, and it it was the whole story of Joseph. It was the whole story of, uh, 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 through song, all these songs about Joseph, the dreamer. And uh, interesting thing Instead of, how many of you have got some of those musical things that your kids want over and over again, and you just go, I can't hear this again. Oh, no, not again. <laughs> actually, I listened to that over, and I was the one starting to stick it into the, we had a Volkswagen van, and we were just uh, traveling across country. But the other day, as I was sitting thinking about that, I, I remembered what was actually happening during that trip. My kids probably didn't know about it. My wife did. We had been serving in Central America and Guatemala uh, for four years. Uh, four or five years we'd been, we'd been involved and incredible things were happening. In 1984, this was the spring of 1984 we made this trip uh, around Easter. And uh, we had been, we'd been serving. Fantastic things had been happening. There was a move of God in Guatemala, incredible we were seeing people coming to the Lord in droves. Our church went from under 100 to over five, six, seven hundred 700 in just a matter of a year or two. And incredible things were happening. It was it an was exciting time. And in the midst of that, the church here in Canada that was supplying two-thirds of our support decided they were going to go a different direction. And so around Christmas time in of 93, I get this letter saying, uh, we're not going to support you anymore. No. And here we were in the midst of such fantastic things and here's all this negative coming and uh, what are we going to do about it? We had a little bit that we could stay for a while so it wasn't until Easter that we had to come back to Canada because our council from the our, our, our mission committee was, you got to come back and raise some support. So we're coming back to Canada and I'm there just, driving along, but concerned. Concerned is not a very good word. I'm desperate. <laughs> I'm panicking. How are we going to go to Canada? I need to raise two-thirds of my support. Could you live on a third of your support? I couldn't. We need... And what are we going to do? Does this mean I've got to pull my kids out of school? And, we've go, we go, oh, oh, what, what? and I was just going... And I listened. we listened to this tape over and over again. But there was a song on that tape that took me back and reminded me that the one that I serve is the one who's in control. Even as Mary was reminded over and over again, this is of God. And the one song, I'll just read you a couple of the words from the one song that just got into my heart. It was talked about, He'll carry you. And it's Benjamin, uh, supposedly Benjamin, Joseph's younger brother, singing about uh, Joseph, after Joseph has been sold by his older brothers into slavery in Egypt, and, and he sings this where he sings, there's no problem. It's called He Will Carry You, this song. There's no problem too big that God cannot solve it. Then it goes, there's no mountain too tall. He cannot move it. There's no storm too dark that God cannot calm it. There is no sorrow so deep he cannot soothe it. If he carries the weight of the world upon his shoulders, I know, my brother, he will carry you. And as I listened to that, it got into my heart, and I said, yes, Lord, you're supplying two-thirds of what I need. Uh, uh, um, That's no big problem for you. My faith began to arise. And, and, and as, as I listened to that over and over again, I began to think, it depends when God speaks something. See, God had spoken to me about where I was supposed to be and what I was supposed to be doing. And uh, did we put those words up there? Oh, good. I was going to just mention because we kind of left one slide there for a long time. Uh, God had spoken to me years before. And the verse that I had lived by for almost 50 years now, I have lived by, is 1 Thessalonians 5.24. Faithful is he who calleth you who also will do it. But when you get in some of those situations, you forget he's going to do it. He is the faithful one. And that's what Mary experienced. He's, he, he promised he'd do it. He's going to do it. She pursued the promise. He's going to do it. In the message it says, the one who called you is completely dependable. If he said it, he'll do it. Okay. Mary's story. An incredible story of one humble teenage girl hearing a promise from God hanging on to it and not seeing the fulfillment of it until after the day of Pentecost when she's already an older adult. Has God spoken something into you? Now, I just want to stop here and say, if you've never heard God speak to you, the 400 silent years are over. As these things began to happen, Zechariah and then Mary and Joseph, and these things began to happen. And then Jesus began to share his words, which are all written in the the Gospels. But in Acts, when it talks about the day of Pentecost, and his spirit was poured out on all believers, his spirit now lives in here. We don't have to wait for some prophet to come in and say, this is what God wants. His spirit is within you if you know the Lord. If you don't know him, you can know him. He will speak to you. He will guide your life. He will guide your life through the written word. He will speak out of reading the written word. He'll speak into your life, and he'll guide you. You can hear his voice. If you'd like to, and you don't know him, just confess, I need you, Lord Jesus. I need you. I need to know you in a personal way, and he will come in. Confess your sins and he'll forgive them and he will speak to you. Now you say, but I don't know how that goes. Oh, that's good. We have a Hearing God seminar coming up. Okay? And you want to learn about that? You want to practice it? Last week of January, sign in, get in there and start listening. Some of you have been listening to him for years. So I want to encourage you. Some of the things you felt he dropped into your heart. Faithful is he who calls you. He'll also do it. Faithful who speaks those things. What are the things that he's spoken into your life? Now, maybe he has spoken some things, but you haven't acted on them. Maybe he said, I want you to forgive somebody. And you said, no, no, no. And then you keep wanting to hear his voice, and his voice just gets fainter and fainter. Why? Because he wants you to act on what he, he's spoken. I I love Rod and Cheryl heading off to to, to Toronto. God has put something in their heart. Somebody asked Rod, you know, do you love big cities? He said, no, but God's told us. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Hey, just do it. He's going to fulfill it. Faithful is he who calls you who also will do it. He's the faithful one. So I've got three questions to end this this morning. First of all, have you heard what God wants you to hear? Have you been listening to him? Are you listening to his voice? Do you know his voice? Have you spent time with him? We, you know, you live with someone or close to someone and you hear their voice all the time. Pretty soon you recognize their voice. They call you. you get, I get confused sometimes. One Sunday I was sitting here. You know, we put that video up there uh, over and over and over again about, uh, what, about Hillcrest and all the rest of it, right? So you're totally bored with it. So you're doing something else. Don't worry about that. That video isn't for you unless you're new here. See, that video is for the people who are brand new. or just wanting. To, so if you've been here and say, oh, man, that's been going over and over. But one Sunday I was sitting back there, and I was doing something else when the video was going, and all of a sudden I thought, that's my son's voice. And I looked up, and it wasn't my son. It was me. <laughs> but, you know, you live with people, and you hear their voice. You, you spend time with the Lord, and you will know his voice, and he'll begin to speak to you. And it probably won't be an audible voice. It'll be just, oh. Sometimes he says to me, dummy. <laughs> Why didn't you trust me in this? I, I know, we get very, oh, the mighty, almighty God. No, actually, when he talks to me, sometimes his voice sounds a little like my own. <laughs> and he kind of says, hmm, what are you worried about? Smarten up. I've taken care of that before. I can take care of it again. You need to hear him. So my first question is, have you heard what God wants you to hear? Are there some promises that he's given? Are you willing to pursue them? Are you willing to do what he wants you to do? It's one thing to say, (laughs) oh yes, yeah, 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 yeah. I'll do that, I'll do that. My wife says, will you do this? I say, yep, yep, yep. I'm not even listening to her. And then she says, why didn't you do that? Oh, What did you say? (laughs) We do that with God a lot of times. Instead of taking it seriously and saying, yes, Lord, what do you want me to do? I'm going to walk by faith. I'm going to trust you. The second one, have you accepted what he said? Because that thing of saying yes, 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 but not saying, yeah, okay, yeah, I'll do that. I'll do it. And then... Have you done it? Are you acting upon it? Are you hearing his voice? Are you following through? When I, when I, when I go through the, the story of Mary, the Bible doesn't talk very much about Mary. And what I've kind of unrolled today is just about the whole story about Mary that's in the scripture. But we see a young girl who heard God, trusted him, And went through a life, struggles, rejection, defeat, and came out the other end victorious. Do you think of those thousands in Jerusalem who came on the day of Pentecost and shortly after in the church, do you think they knew who Mary was? Mary was probably highly, highly respected in those days until her death. Why? Because she pursued the promise. Would you close your eyes? Lord, you want to speak into our lives. Thank you, Lord. We're not in the 400 silent years. Thank you, Lord. We're not where we have to have someone come in uh, and give us a prophecy, a special word from on high but we're in an age when you want to speak into our lives, when you want to cause us to be drawn closer and closer and closer to you. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I pray that here at Hillcrest, we will not only hear your voice, but we will accept it and we will walk in it and we will do what we need to do we will walk with you and your will will be our will. Because you said that faithful is he who calls you who also will do it. We want you to do it in us, Lord. And lead us, lead us, lead us into it. Lead us into all you have for us. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen.